right. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Black Caucus Table second episode. Or is this our first real episode? The last one was introduction. First, first, yeah. All right, cool. So speaking right now, you can know this is Dion, aka Rudolph, Rudy Trey, whatever you want to call me. All right, I'm the only guy of the group. Everybody else introduce yourself so they don't remember. Uh, um, I'm Kimmy. Hi, nice to meet you. One of the three girls in the group, I guess, that we're gonna talk about I'm Quintessa, but you can call me Tess, the second member of Destiny's Child. Oh, no. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> I got a follow-up after that. Okay. Are we? Um, my name is Idrissa, and yeah. Beautiful. It's Kamal, I call her. All right, so our topic for today is our transition into law school as black students. What better way to kick off the Black Hawkins Table discussion? All right, so first we're going to go... Basically, going to take turns, and we're going to start off basically talking about where we come from as, I guess, black people and our, like our backgrounds, neighborhood cities, and things like that, and especially our time off after undergrad. So I'm going to start. Uh, I come from Brooklyn, New York, from a Jamaican background, Jamaican household. Um, growing up in Brooklyn is definitely an experience. That's all I'm going to say. And I grew up in Bed-Stuy, too. So you guys already know the the stigma with that. You know, y'all could talk too, by the way. I could jump in on anything. No, you're doing great. You're I'm doing just great. saying. You're doing so great. Y'all know the dynamic with that. And I'm not trying to push the stereotypes, but a lot of the stuff that y'all may have seen or heard about Brooklyn or more specifically Bed-Stuy, a lot of it is mostly true. And it is gentrified now, but for the most part, when I was young and when I was coming up, wasn't the best lifestyle. And of course, now that I'm venturing into, now that I'm in law school and everything, Growing up, this wasn't exactly my ideal career choice, career path. I definitely didn't even think I was going to end up here. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, at the beginning of 2010, it told me by 10 years later I was going to be in law school, I probably wouldn't have believed you. What else did you want to do? To be honest, when I was growing up, I didn't really have much aspirations. I kind of, I always was interested in law, but I never thought I'd actually go to law school. Mm -hmm. I didn't think, I really didn't know where I was really going, to be honest. Didn't seem like a possibility. No, it's not that it didn't seem like a possibility. It's just there was no representation. I didn't yeah, see I feel that. black men walk around in suits. I don't. My friends weren't. My parents and my friends didn't have parents that were, that were there. engineers mm-hmm. and lawyers and doctors and shit. Oh my! Yeah. My friends' parents worked from home, lived at home, were on Section Eight, stuff like that. And so impacts, yeah. you know what I mean. So yeah. growing up, I didn't really see this, and it was never an idea. It was just kind of what I molded myself into the older I got. Mm-hmm. And I tried to make more positive decisions for my life as I got older, as opposed to a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ooh. I guess I'll go. Um, um, this is Quintessa again, and I'm from a small town in South Jersey. It's made up of like 10% blacks. Um, so I grew up with a lot of uh, white classmates and white friends. Um, yeah, I thought it was a experience because my family originally comes from... Spanish Harlem in New York and grew up in like poverty and like Dion said my parents parents were on section eight and struggled a lot so my parents moving us to South Jersey was for us to have like a fresh start and a good education and I would say like the best thing that came from my experience in South Jersey was the fact that I got a really good education and I think that put me on a good path I always knew I wanted to do something big with my life I kind of went with the doctor role like I want to be a doctor I want to be a doctor but once I got into undergrad I realized the biological sciences were not for me. So, um, yeah, so I'm here now, but that's just a little bit of where I come from. Not really being able to experience 
Black people other than my family and my very, very close friends was an experience, but I feel like, you know, everything shapes you into who you are. I agree. Um, so this is Kimmy. Hello again. Uh, just like Tess, I am also from a predominantly white area. I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, home of the Amish, great food, Hershey Park is nearby. <laughs> Definitely come visit. It's really beautiful in the fall and the spring. I'm dead. So that's my plan. Am I right? Um, but yeah, I, my parents are immigrants from Jamaica, um, and they're on the much older side. So my dad was in the States first. And then when he was back in Jamaica, married my mom. And then they both came back to the States and they raised me. Um, it was definitely an experience growing up in an all white community. And I think it really more so, um, that I realized impacted like my identity and like how I viewed my identity. Um, but then I was able to kind of like grow and like love and accept myself more when I went off to undergrad and like was more surrounded by um, people that looked like me, like a black community. Um, even though my undergrad was also predominantly white institution, it still had more diversity than my high school. Um, my high school was like maybe <clears throat> 700 kids um, and like five or six of us are black. So <laughs> to kind of give you the range of that. Um, so undergrad was predominantly white. And let's see, I originally wanted to be a teacher because um, my mom was a teacher and I always knew I wanted to work with kids. But um, then I got really passionate for the law and being able to kind of like make changes within the system for that. So I kind of changed my gears towards being a teacher to being a lawyer. Um, and let's see, after undergrad, I went to a science college after undergrad, I decided to take a year off and do, oh, am I going ahead? Sure. Nah, you do your thing, do your thing. Okay, flow, cool. Flow. Right. Now, but it's cool. Like, it's just a conversation. I'm going to come back to it. Uh, you know, just blazing ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so then after undergrad, did city year for a year, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. You guys saved the best for last. You already know, B. You already know. Did we? Not All sure. right. <laughs> I think we did. Talk it, talk your talkie. Talk your talk. This is Adrisa again. Um, I'm from Newark, New Jersey. So um, a lot like Dion, like being from Brooklyn, like I know a lot of people probably have a lot of like preconceived notions about how Newark is. And unfortunately, a lot of the stuff is true, but I also think that Newark is full with a lot of like heart and like love. Is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> you are not yes. Brooklyn. You are not. You are not gonna come for North New Jersey, sir. <laughs> You're not gonna come for Brooklyn. Yeah, I don't know how to ask. Um, so, I mean, I grew up. Unfortunately, I grew up like in a single parent home. So, you know, it was my mom basically taking care of me. Um, my father wasn't in the picture, unfortunately, because of his stuff. Um, and my mother, you know, she took care of me. She took care of her grandmother and, like, her elderly aunt. So she had a lot on her plate. Um, and I feel like in growing up in a neighborhood like that, the kids don't really know that they're poor. So I feel like, and I think that goes back to what, I'm, what I said about Newark having a lot of heart and a lot of love. <laughs> because the kids don't know, like, I didn't know I was poor. I didn't know I didn't have. Um, but I knew I was loved and, like, people were looking out for me in the community and et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, I did have a pretty good education considering I went to like a charter school. I don't know if like some of you guys have heard of like the KIPP school network, but I was a part of one of the schools in that um, 
in that network. And, you know, that was the first time that I got a lot of opportunities that went kind of outside of Newark and seeing things that weren't exactly like drugs and people being poor and, you know, um, people working two or three jobs just to like survive. So, yeah, that's about me. Come visit Newark. It's not as bad as TV makes it seem. Um, so I'm just going to spin back to a part that I might have left out. Um, just my time off after undergrad. I graduated in May 2018, so I've only been off for, what, a year and a half now. It's now 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but leading up until school was exactly a year, a year and change. Um, I didn't particularly do much my time off, like as most students do, working as paralegals and stuff like that. I was working at the movies. I didn't even know I was even getting accepted to law school. That was my second time around because I think the first time I didn't get accepted anywhere. I had to take the outside a couple more times. But my time off, but once I got accepted, I was just, it was too late for me to even start working or even like getting any legal experience. So I just continued my job at Regal. And my true like actual law school career started once I started school. So now I'm here and I'm getting ready to start making the proper moves every summer after this. And yeah. Black man lawyer. Y'all didn't know what time it is. Uh, I guess since I started talking about my thing, I'll just go off. So like I said, um, my time off during undergrad was spent doing a year of service with City Year Philadelphia. Um, if any of you guys know what City Year is or don't know what City Year is, it's basically a part of the AmeriCorps program um, where you dedicate a year um, to serving in under-resourced um, school systems. So I chose Philly because I really like the Philadelphia area. Um, I have a lot of friends in Philly and I uh, wanted to get a little bit more experience in like a city setting because I felt like I wanted to practice there um, in the future, one, but two, I really wanted to get a better understanding of the future communities I want to serve. And to do that, I thought it would be best to actually have like one-on-one like collaboration experience with the kids I want to serve in the future. So I did study here. Um, It was a really cool experience. Definitely had its struggles, <laughs> um, but I served with a team of eight, probably served at James J. Sullivan Elementary in Northeast Philly, the Frankfurt area, um, and I served in a fourth grade class, and that was just really cool because um, we were the first city year um, group to be at that school, so we kind of get to like set the precedence at the mark while also like kind of learning how to be in our roles as well, um, and our kids have never had like a mentor in the sense of like someone who was there for like the positive reinforcement. I mean, I did call out my kids when they were being wild, but um, someone who like was there for like their benefit, like would work with them, would talk with them, would actually like get to know them as people first um, and get to work with them in their issues first before, and also their strengths and really focus on their strengths, like really make them and bring out the best potential that they have. Uh, so that was just really cool to see the impact. And I got to do like a lot of different events with my school. Um, I was the after school coordinator. So that was like my thing to run the after school program with my team and like make sure that was cool for the kids. Um, and it really just like furthered my passion for like wanting to do child advocacy, wanting to work in like nice. the education system and the law and stuff like that. So I really appreciate that. Um, but before I did my gap year, um, I knew I wanted to take a gap year before going to law school. Um, and don't do it like me who applied late to a lot of different things. Don't do it like me. Um, I also had to take the LSAT twice. Not the best time of my life, but you know, we made it, we here. Um, and even this past summer after I finished city year, I still like my top law school I was rejected from. Um, I was on the wait list for like other different places. Um, and the current law school that I'm at, I just like applied at a whim 
And I was still on the wait list for that. So I was like, you know, you know what? I'm currently working at the admissions portion now of my service group. Um, so I could just continue doing that until I finally got the acceptance letter from my law school. And now I'm here and now I'm excited to put the work in, put the grind in and make myself the best that I can be. That's right. What about you, Tess? Um, so I went to Rutgers New Brunswick for undergrad and upon graduating in 2016, I unfortunately took three years off. It wasn't the way I wanted to go. I nothing wanted to, it's nothing wrong with it, but it's just not, wasn't my plan. Okay. So my plan was to just go straight into, Same. it wasn't even necessarily going to be law school at first. It was just to go straight into whatever I wanted grad to school. do. Grad school. Yeah. I was going to go into grad school mm-hmm. for education. Um, and I ended up first working and advocating for children with autism. And then shortly after that, I began teaching, no, wow. Before that, I started working with families in like underrepresented communities. Mm -hmm. And I would act as a liaison between them and helping them get assistance assistance that they need, whether it was like legally, financially, housing assistance. And then I started um, a fellowship program for teaching. And I started teaching in um, second grade in Camden, New Jersey, and coaching the high school team in Camden, New Jersey. And that was a really good experience. And when I was younger, I used to run a classroom out of my house, like legit turned my sister's That's bedroom so cool. into what? a classroom when she yeah, went off to college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. That's, so for me, it was always like, knew. yeah, it, it was weird. It was like, it came full circle. Life came full circle. You were okay, teaching. Look at you go. Life. Yeah, you were. Well, for real, for real. <laughs> so I started teaching second grade and that was like an amazing experience for me, but it also really like solidified my like need and urgency to go into the law field because I got to see the experiences that my students went through arguing with the system to get the needs to get the assistance that they needed mm-hmm. and their families outside of the school system getting assistance that they needed. So I just really saw how broken like the judicial system is. And I then started to work at a like summer program for children at risk youth, helping them out in the summer, like set themselves up on a different path. Um, and those are like just some things that really solidified what I wanted to do. And I applied, did the LSAT, had to take that job like three times. <laughs> Yo. Got, um, Third time to charm. got rejected from my top school, but it was okay because I got into yeah, a listen, school that's right. and that was really all that mattered. That, at and that point, yeah. <laughs> right after I got Amen. accepted, I oddly, like through family friends, ended up getting a summer clerk position at a law firm. Beautiful. And I did that the summer right before law school. And Yo. I'm here. All right, so about you, E? Chime in, chime in. Let me pull out my resume. I feel like I have like many <laughs> different jobs. That, that's it. I've All seen her resume. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. really do. Like, she <laughs> yeah, really like, I had a lot of jobs. Um, so I went to Rutgers with Tess, and we were there at the same time, but we never, never, we never like. Okay. I feel like we crossed paths. You know how big it is. Yeah, we yeah. crossed paths. Like her best friend was one of my roommates, so I know we we had to we had to yeah, like. But anyway, um, that's crazy. I graduated in 2016, like her, and I also took three years off. Um, I had so many jobs. Like I'm over here trying to think about all the jobs that I had <laughs> since. No, really. Like I had so many jobs. Like when I got out, I was working at um, I was working at this place that dealt with like benefits for people who work in hospitals. So like, you know, I was working there for the summer while I was studying for the LSAT. Took the LSAT, applied. It didn't go well. Um, and then I started working at the Boys and Girls Club for like two weeks. Didn't stay there long. Um, and I think a lot of this was just, 
I knew I wanted to go to law school, but it's kind of like, what do you do to fill that space? The gap filler? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you do to fill that space? Because I'm working these jobs that I'm really not interested in, but I feel like, well, okay. Yeah, I was working jobs I really weren't interested in. Um, So, you know, worked at Toys R Us. I was like a cashier. Um... I did a whole bunch of stuff. What was like your most interesting like, job you felt though? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I have one. I'm just saying, like, it's so many, but I feel like laying out all of them made me realize that I'm, I really want to like do public interest work and work with people and like specifically kids. I mean, I think we all have experience working with kids at this table, yeah. so yes. um, oh, that definitely solidified some of it. Working at the Boys and Girls Club and the YMCA, um, but I work at the Southern District. Um, courts of New York. So that's like a popular court in New York. That's where a lot of like the big cases that, you know, you see on television, that's where they, they go through. Um, I mean, I mean, it, it solidified me wanting to be a lawyer, but I already knew this. So it just, it just added something to my resume to kind of make me feel like I'm more like attractive to applicant to um, jobs after law school and even during for internships. Um I had so many jobs. I, I'm no, I keep saying it, but like, it's getting, no, but you're like thinking yeah, about I'm it. Really right. thinking about it. Oh. I'm really thinking about it. I'm thinking about how overwhelming those three years were to just not be where I wanted to be. Talk like, about mm-hmm. mentally, like mentally, because it, it started to mess with me mentally because Same. like you, like you test, I took the LSAT three times. Yeah. And me like, too. I almost took it a fourth. And my mother was like, so did I. I was my mother was like, you're not taking it again. She's like, I know you're going to get into a school. And I was getting into schools, but I weren't getting into schools that I wanted to get into. Yeah. So when I, mm-hmm. you know, after that third time, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just apply and get in where I get in. And I'm here, which is like important. Yeah. But, you know, I just think about those three years and how it just really like working all those jobs that really weren't, I'm like, I can be in school right now instead of like applying to these jobs. Mm-hmm. I can be applying to internships, you know, Thanks. but I'm in working these jobs. I mean, they were important because I loved working with the kids because that's the majority of stuff that I did. Worked at the mayor's office in Jersey City, all that type of stuff. But like, oh, those three years were rough. Were no, rough. but to think about like now, like all that we've done, like all the time that we've taken off, it's just like made us more, even more prepared for like yeah. where it's we a lot are of growth. Right now. I yeah. will I say there's a lot of growth. Those yeah. important. were crucial to like my mental growth. Yes. And like, just like yes. my, me being able to like interact with people, jobs, but like variety of jobs that I had really taught me like how to coexist with someone in a workplace, which I feel mm-hmm. was crucial. And I remember my dad saying to me at one point when I was like, he was kind of like, okay, well, do you want to, would you rather go to Howard or would you rather just go to law school? Like, is like that top school really more important than law school in general? Right. And I had to sit there and think back and like, no, I guess I'd rather just go anywhere. But like, that's yeah. true. It was you just kinda, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the goal is law. The school. goal, yeah, that's what yeah, he's trying to say. He's like, like, the yeah. goal wasn't well, Howard. That can be a whole other conversation for another day, guy, because we could really talk. We could really talk hours hours yeah, we could, about yeah. why your school matters and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a, that actually is a that's actually really deep conversation. Yeah, but that's a good segue, guys. Write that down. Talk somebody. Write that down. So we're going to segue on to our next point, and it basically is about what our expectations of law school were versus before law school versus our expectations now that we finally finished one semester and now we're starting our second. So wow. anybody want to start? I'll go. Oh, wait, no. Adrisa's always been last one. Adrisa go first. Actually, go ahead, Adrisa. Yeah. You do the honors. I got you. Yeah, I'm being nice to Adrisa. Oh, wow. Yeah. Y'all yeah, know I'm a sweetheart. Set the table, Eve. We're about to eat. You, you a sweetheart. He's a ladies' man. You already know that. Come wow. on now. Ask about me. Yeah. <laughs> we know his body. We know his body. <laughs> we know his body. Yeah, so E, what was the expectation of Lawson before you started? 
I'm gonna be honest. I expected people to be racist. Um, <laughs> start off strong. I expected people to be racist. I expected people to be super competitive. I didn't expect to have friends. Um, I expected to be like by myself all the time. But I'm bombarded her. <laughs> I'm weak. Yeah, I, I have like this amazing group of people. Facebook. Like yeah, yeah. Tess was like the first person to like reach out to me. That's yeah. cool. Um, because. She was black, not even trying to be funny, but I was like, wow, black woman. Like, you gotta find your people. I yeah. wanted to find somebody that I could connect with, to be honest. No, no but that, was, that was true. Yeah. Like, and even like, and it's something that we've discussed. Like, I also, you know, yeah, I thought, like, okay, there may be a sprinkle of black people here and there, but you know, kinfolk ain't always, kinfolk ain't always your kinfolk. Right. So, you know, I was just like, okay. And that, that's not to say anything about you. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. But it's just like, even before you message me, I'm just like, okay, yeah, there may be a couple black people, but I don't know if they're going to be... Who's going to mess with me? Going to actually be somebody that I can the have people's. to mm-hmm. align with. Um, yeah. I mean, in some ways, I feel like it's a little like undergrad, hmm. where 100%. I've found my niche. I found mm-hmm. like the black people or the people of color that I'm most comfortable with. And I kind of did the same thing in undergrad, but I don't know. I, I expect it because it's a competitive environment. Everybody going to be out for themselves. Nobody, you know, people not really going to have friends. People not going to be out partying and having fun. You know, some people party a little too much, but you know, right. um, <laughs> you know, but it, it, it kind of like, I don't want to say it didn't exceed my expectations. Did you say it exceeded? I would say it exceeded them. Cause I feel yeah. like, Oh yeah, at least yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's an for like piggybacking kind of off of what Adrisa said, I definitely expected like everybody to be insanely competitive. That was like the biggest expectation that I had coming in, was everybody to be really competitive. And um, I would say I don't know if it's because it's a small school, but I feel like everybody really wasn't competitive. Isn't really competitive. Like and like what he was saying, even within the black people, I really expected even us to be competitive. But I felt like we help each other out so much, and I don't know if it's just because like we're just naturally helpful people or what. But I feel like I think the environment of us not there's not being a lot of us is what causes us. Is to what be causes me. Yeah. Yeah. Causes... I feel like if it was a black school, like Howard, for example, it might be a little bit more competitive. People aren't just, just helping each other; just to help each other because it's everyone's black. Everyone's black. Yeah. So right. now it becomes nationally competitive. It's, just, a, it's solidarity of, when you're you know on PWI. I mean? yeah, yeah, I actually exactly. I agree with yeah. that. But for me, like other than the competitiveness aspect, I feel like I knew what to expect being in a predominantly white space because my upbringing was around was predominantly white and. Rutgers was predominantly white. So, like, I know how to navigate spaces with predominantly white people, un- unfortunately. I wish I could be in spaces when there were more black people. But, you know, like, that's really the reality of life. So, I felt like I knew what to expect. It still gets troublesome at times. Because, like, at the end of the day, I feel most comfortable around black people. I feel like I can be myself more so. I have came in some incidences where I felt like I couldn't fully unapologetically be myself and like that whole like, oh, you're too loud for a black girl. You got to tone it down a little bit. I've came into some things like that that I didn't expect, even though I've grown up around white people. I didn't mm-hmm. expect that. So that has been one like thing that I didn't expect that has occurred. Like, so yeah. But other than that, I feel like it's been hard. <laughs> And that's what I expected. See, for me, though, I expected I was going to be around a lot of white people. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I mean, I'm not going to hold you. It's law school. Yeah. And black 
people, well, black men more specifically, aren't really in law school like that. Yeah. So I knew, mm-hmm. and me, my father, and my mom was even talk about it. Like, yo, you know, you might have a lot of white friends or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, I guess so. It is what it is, which didn't really intimidate me because I'm used to been. I've been around white people for a certain portion of my life. Right. Middle school, my middle school is mostly yeah. white. You're used to it, and your yeah. college yeah. too, right? Yeah, and my college mm-hmm. PWI, but yeah. my high school is all black. So, okay. so I wasn't around white people for a while. Then I got to college. And started messing with my white people, but still, like you know, in undergrad, you still hang out with all black people. So I wasn't yeah, hanging out with white people like that in undergrad, and we was a pretty pretty big black community at University of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But before I got here, I just knew I was gonna have to kind of assimilate to mostly not really being around my people, right? And I was fine with that because I knew that I came from a place where I feel like I can kind of mix and mingle with them and get along with them. But I'm not gonna lie. That was me before. Now that I'm here, I realize it's a, it's a little more. I won't even say it's intense, but it's just like it's intense. It's intense. It's, 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 it's intense. intense. You can say it. It's intense. Because like I don't know. I feel like I'm always being. I can't even explain because I didn't feel this way in undergrad, which is the one little difference. Maybe because the, the size of the school is different. Because my school is thirty thousand people. Now this little like I'm gonna curse. Sorry, this tiny school. Yeah, is so small. <laughs> no, I don't want to curse. We shouldn't be doing that. But I'm just saying. Um. Because the school's so small. It's so small. I think also the environment. I feel too, like I'm I'm like, being my, my blackness is being watched. I also feel like it's oh, different. Like it's, with, it's different. It's different. Yeah, I think with undergrad, I think undergrad is that. I think undergrad is like a different universe, like law school, because even though like it's still like black bodies aren't really in like the undergrad, we're even less in the professional like school. Yeah, and, and like because that's undergrad, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone's kind of whatever. It's all races yeah. were there. There's not yeah. even a lot of like. Besides white people and black people, there's not even a lot of Asians here, Native Americans, Mexicans. Yeah, yeah, no, you know what I mean? Not it's not a good mix. In undergrad, it was everyone. We had Koreans. We had yeah. Spanish people. Mm-hmm. We had blacks. But now it's even like more like... It's even less... Apparent. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. diversity is even less. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In small schools. So, so I feel like I'm my, my blackness, especially as a male. I mean, black women and black men have their connotations, but I'm going to speak out as a male because I'm not a woman. The mm-hmm. being black male, I feel like I'm always being judged or people have a, a certain connotation about me. When mm-hmm. they first meet me in class, when they hear me talking in class, Maybe even the way I'm dressing, mm-hmm. some of the slang I use. I even mean, when I talk to people that aren't black, I kind of force myself to think about, oh, I shouldn't even say that word. You might not even know what I'm talking about. Or whatever. I might intimidate them that if I talk switch, like this. Okay? It's a switch. Yes. And I feel like my blackness is being watched. So with that being said, that I didn't expect. I knew I was going to be around a lot of white people, but I didn't expect that my blackness was going to be this watched. I didn't feel it in undergrad. It was going to be so in- It's like intensified. It's more here. intense. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a black man, but I definitely agree with you having with you feeling like your blackness as a black man is definitely being watched yeah. because Dion is like the only like one of like what three in yeah. our in our in our class I just in our one of class, class. class only yeah. three black not even three. Lie, we probably are even a little guilty of sometimes watching him a little bit harder as a black man really that's interesting why you say that because you're one of the only black men so I feel like we even look at you like well we hold each other accountable anyway but I felt like maybe sometimes I could see us subconsciously holding you extra accountable because, like, Dion, okay. you're the only black man. Dion, you need to make sure you're on point. Yeah. Dion, wear your hat. Dion, make sure you speak <laughs> no, in class. Dion, speak up. Dion, do this. No, but exa- exactly. Yeah, like I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm actually kind of guilty of a thing yeah. about it myself. So, like, can you imagine coming from people who actually, like, don't care look about like you. you and care about you? And yeah. then it coming from people who don't look like you and don't really care about you? Mm-hmm. It has to be, like, more intense. So, like, sorry. It's a, no, no, don't apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, I, think, really I, don't, I don't think you do intentionally. I think it's subconscious. Because no, I don't. I don't do it intentionally. Not a lot of and it really is caring about you. It's not yeah. in like a negative way. But I feel like not thinking about it. Like, why well, we probably do clock Dion a little bit extra because just we know. I'm thinking about in the library. Yeah, <laughs> like, we probably no, are like I didn't really just a little bit more. And we not really think about it because like, we're always clocking each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but in then, a like, loving way, in a loving way, like you have like just to remind him, like at the end of the day, you are 
he's like one of like five black men in this entire like school maybe that I know. Maybe one of four. So I feel like that's wild. And he's the only one that's really ever around me. So as my friend, I'm going to make sure as a black man, you on your A game. And that's really just what it comes down to. But it also sucks that like we have to work twice as hard, you know. To get half. Half, okay? If even half. Sometimes one fourth. If even half. But that's another conversation. Another another one for another time. Yeah, Um, just my expectations. Yeah. So we're running a little short on time. But I also think there's a super good conversation um, that will always, like, you can always come back to this if you guys, like, want to hear more about this or you have questions about it. Um, But for y'all on your journey to law school, whether you're in law school, whether you're trying to get to law school, no matter what, just know that, like, it's possible and you Most can make definitely. it and you can make it in whatever space you're in. I am a living testimony. Yeah. We all live in Cause we're creating, we're creating tables. Right not only, not only are we taking seats y'all, but we're making tables. Right. And we other all people come, come through. from different backgrounds. So remember mm-hmm. that too. Like hopefully you can each identify with somebody at this table and feel like, Oh wait, their story is similar to my story. So if they did it, I could do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely um, reach out to us on our Instagram at TBC table um or email us the black caucus 2020 at gmail.com with your questions with your comments about the podcast our instagram is at the black caucus table right. is it gonna be tbc table black caucus table? i wish i knew our no, instagram our was. instagram is the is black caucus table but black, black caucus is table. just blk there, there, you go. there we go that's right. what it was yes. my bad i always say this TBC is why i'm here guys um, yeah summer down. <laughs> you know, no but it still stands send us your comments send us your questions let us know what you thought. Let us know what you want to hear. And everybody eat.